Ooh, TJ, that is so cool. I'm underwater. <laughs> so, um, <laughs> uh, let's tell everybody at the onset that we have remastered, re, well, reconnected with YouTube. It, it, now, DJ, is it true that mm -hmm. they could go to our YouTube channel and see the video and hear us live? They should be able to. If you would like to sample our video, you can go to matineeminutia.com and in the corner there will be a YouTube symbol that will take you to our page. Happy New Year! Okay. Okay, thank you. <laughs> but please don't do that again. Oh, it's Gertie, our uh, a concession stand lady and announcer person. Gertie, what's, what's the matter? I Listen, I've been partying for a long time. New Year's, and I just, I'm nursing the worst hangover in my life. Oh. So just... Just, 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 just stay calm. Okay, okay. Well, DJ, I... <laughs> let's, well, let's not upset her. Yeah. <laughs> so just don't, don't even, okay? Just don't even. So, Toppy. Wow. Yeah, so, Toppy, it's been a little while, and we have passed through a couple of holidays here. Did you do anything special out there in the pickle halls? Didn't Tappy get lowered from the barn? Uh, well, uh, I, uh, there, there is a story that's coming about a New Year's Eve in Pickle Hollow. Mm -hmm. uh, a little teaser is this year, Aunt Tappy refuses to be lowered from the hayloft and someone else did it. Oh, so that's a little teaser. I'm, I'm working on it. It's almost done naturally. I couldn't get it done in time for New Year's Eve. Well, but, uh, it's very close to being finished. It'll be out soon. That's the Smellcast Kids, the other little shoe I do. We'll just have to do a little dance we like to call the Time Warp. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, here at Chateau Star Sage, we had our first sober, sober New Year's. Uh, no spiked eggnog here. <sighs> And, uh, well, we cut the cord. Yeah, that's probably pretty smart, TJ, from, <laughs> from my viewpoint right now. Oh, okay. Someone get that poor lady a bicarbonate. Uh, but, uh, yes, we, we cut the cord a few years ago. And don't you know it? I couldn't figure out the streaming channel um, correctly enough to get the Times Square footage. I was wondering why I was watching some sort of a news program and then my husband pointed out to me, yeah, you're supposed to go over to here and by the time we switched feeds it was already New Year's. <laughs> See? Well, you tried. You tried. I did. And, um, well, you know, well, my resolution is to try to get out of this Santa suit, if you know what I mean. Uh, <laughs> Very good. All right. Well, I think that our showgirl um, is uh, yeah. as pooped out as she is. She's got a job well, to do here. Try. Okay. So let's. Good. Thank you. Oh. oh, no, 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 I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I, 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 please stop the music. Stop, stop, 
stop. Oh, sorry. What, what, what's the matter, Gertie? Uh, I, I just don't feel well, and 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 that music is just just too much. So just let me, let me do my thing here. Uh, no music, please. Okay, go, go ahead. Thank you. All right. Are we doing this? All right. We're waiting on you. We're waiting on you. Wait a minute. Yeah. I got this noisemaker here. Mm. <laughs> oh, that wasn't very good. <laughs> I'm going to try, try it again. Oh, you're kidding. All right. Here we go. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's it. I'm not, I'm not doing it anymore. Thanks for trying. Uh, maybe, maybe just shout, huh. Happy New Year. Uh, happy New Year. <laughs> um, set sail. Oh, oh God. Please don't do that again. I'm sorry, Gertie, but can you can you finish it? Uh, I'll try. All right. Okay, here goes. The SS Poseidon embarks upon her final voyage, which is what today feels like for me. A New Year's Eve pleasure cruise to beautiful, sunny Greece, ancestral home of Mount Olympus. Good God, what did you put all these details in here for? Okay, that's DJ's fault. Find out what happens when the clock strikes midnight and a flock of clueless passengers get tossed upside down, which is how my stomach feels right now. Will their fearless shepherd lead them to safety? Will anyone survive? Catch Gene Hackman and Ernest Borgnine. He's so cute. In Erwin Allen's The Poseidon Adventure. Oh, oh God, somebody please quit rocking the boat. Oh, thank you, Gertie. I hope you feel better. Okay, DJ, hit it. What do you get when you take a dash of the silver screen? A pinch of golden oldies? and a smidgen of streaming. It's time for Matinee Minutia with your host, DJ and Toppy. Good evening. Please, <laughs> a little quieter. Thank you. Bye-bye. Oh, okay. uh, yes, please be considerate of our senior showgirl and um, be kind when you drop by the snack counter later she's she's gone into the break room we're okay okay so we are gathered together tonight via great love of film and television trivia and as our senior showgirl just clued you in tonight we're going to be talking about an early 70s disaster adventure film and Mm -hmm. uh, before Before we get into the brass tacks of what was going on in that movie, we like to talk about what was going on in the world at the time of this film. That was in 1972. Before you get into that, DJ. Oh, yep, one second. Yep. I did want to to let our... uh, Live audience here, and thanks for joining us, everyone. I want to let the live audience know that this is going to be longer than an hour. And 
we respect our audience and we know that that we usually say we're going to be an hour. If you need to leave, then please don't worry about it. If you got to go, you got to go. But folks, this is a blockbuster. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and we have just too much material for one hour. And we decided let's just let it go longer and not worry about it but if you gotta go then please feel free to just go and you know on your way out you'll probably find Gertie on her smoke break anyway oh god I don't want to think about it <laughs> alright DJ I, I'm sorry to please uh, Remind me to shorten that. This is the U.S. History in 1972, the year that the Poseidon Adventure came out to theaters. Now, in 72, President Nixon, boo, ordered the development of the space shuttle program. That was my astronauts uh, in my youth. Okay, DJ, that really surprises me mm-hmm. uh, that the idea of the space shuttle originated with Nixon's administration, because I sure as hell didn't know that. <laughs> well, it's always the, uh, you know, the the folks that come after that take credit. So, uh, but also in '72, Shirley Chisholm was the first African American Congresswoman, and she announced her candidacy for president that year. Yay! Sculptured figures of Jefferson Davis, Robert E. Lee, and Stonewall Jackson are completed at a monument in Stone Mountain, Georgia. The Godfather, that trilogy, the beginning of that trilogy, that landmark film, Godfather, is released in cinemas in the U.S. And the U.S. and Soviet Union joined some 70 nations in the signing of the Biological Weapons Convention, which was an agreement to ban biological warfare. Uh, in some places. Yes. <laughs> the, uh, the, those who signed the, uh, you know, the petition. Uh, the fourth anniversary of the Broadway musical Hair is celebrated with a free concert at Central Park. Park. Now, I, I'm pretty sure that uh, Toppy uh, had plans to go, but I don't know if he made it there. I, did, I didn't make it, but I sure did want to see everybody naked. <laughs> I wonder if they did it uh, nude. Oh, all some- natural? Maybe. Maybe that's why it's a problem to, to be streaking in the park. Uh, I don't know. And Okinawa is returned to Japan after 27 years of U.S. military occupation. And I, I just want to say i don't think the united states gets enough credit because in several situations we agreed that after world war ii and that debacle that that things would revert back and we did we honored and and lots of things have gone back to the people that should have it and you know, this is how governments should act. Mm-hmm. Also in 72, in a court case of Furman versus Georgia, the Supreme Court ruled that the death penalty was unconstitutional. Mm. And lastly, the first episode of The Price is Right is hosted oh, no. on CBS by Bob Barker. Wait a minute, what, 72 folks. Yes, sir. Wow. And, and the first female FBI agents are hired. So those of you who are X-Files fans, this is the uh, the beginning of that. And, um, you know, it's kind of funny. 
uh, not in a ha-ha way, just kind of in an ironic way, Toppy. The year that the Poseidon Adventure came out, there was a record-breaking hurricane that struck the Northeast. And we talked about it in another film that we discussed from this era, but it was Hurricane Agnes. And uh, the southern tier of New York was hard hit. I, I remember where I grew up out in the haystack, there are some places that to this day have a line on the wall with a plaque marking where the water was during the flood. Um, you're right. And uh, what it's one of the few hurricanes that, uh, that hit the, the, the upper, the upper East coast rather than, you know, the usual places, Florida, Georgia, blah, blah, blah. Uh, and, and, and came in as far as, central New York uh, you know Pickle Hollow was flooded uh, from Hurricane Agnes mm-hmm. alrighty sir so uh, here's the part where we dis- uh, mention those who came into the world in that year Toppy wow us with some celebrities tell us who came into the world in 72 a lot of people you people uh, will know first of all a super athlete Shaq that would be Shaquille O'Neal uh, a comic actor uh, Dane Cook he was in Mystery Men in 1999 uh, Leslie Mann uh, the actress uh, who was in 1999's Bengali with Adam Sandler um, also the 40 year old version not version virgin yes <laughs> very different um also uh let's see uh jennifer garner uh also carmen electra uh, uh dwayne dwayne the rock johnson octavia spencer did do you know who Octavia Spencer is, because I sure don't. She is an African-American actress, and she's a comedian, and she's been a star on Fox's Mom series with Anna Faris, as well as she was in the critically acclaimed film from the other year called Hidden Figures that were about the women in NASA. Very good, DJ. That's why... You are a master of trivia. I'm just going to rip through a whole bunch of more names. John Cho, Will Wheaton, Ben Affleck, Cameron Diaz, Gwyneth Paltrow. I mix up Gwyneth Paltrow and Cameron Diaz in my mind all the time. Rebecca Romaine. Uh, thank you for the uh, the uh, pronouncer there, DJ, because I would, I would have pronounced that completely different as in the next one. Josh Demel, and finally, Alyssa Milano. Alrighty, so those are the celebrities who entered into the world in 1972. And along those lines, we'd like to put your mind in the uh, setting of what else was out there competing for your attention. Now, The Poseidon Adventure, it was a movie. This went to theaters. And the other things that were out in theaters that year, well, 
Uh, for once, we picked the winner in the race here. Poseidon was number one at the box office, and it raked in $93 million that year. Woo! <laughs> PJ, when is the last time that we made a box office smash? um i think it's kind of a place and time thing and i don't know i i think i had my locker um broken too many times (laughs) and uh the runner up to Poseidon adventure so right on the stern of the ship was number two with babs barbara strize and what's up jock and that brought in 57 million I swear to God, one of the funniest movies I've ever seen. It was a salute to slapstick comedy. Barbara Streisand is so funny. Funny movie. And number three, raking it in with the creepy factor, was Deliverance. And to, to quote Stewie on Family Guy, Paddle Faster, I hear banjos. <laughs> Oh, Lordy. Uh, To say that movie was creepy, uh, uh, I mean, first of all, that was a good movie. Um, But very disturbing. Very, very disturbing. And uh, I'm not just talking about Ned Beatty. (laughs) Okay? I'm talking about a whole lot more than that scene. Anyways, we're not discussing that tonight. Uh, let's praise uh, the Poseidon Adventure a bit more because the, the film earned an estimated box office rentals of $40 million in North America in 73, plus $75 more million worldwide. As a matter of fact, Box Office Magazine reported that this movie was the number one box office champ of 73. By the end of 74, it ranked among the six most successful features in film history at the time. So we're talking Gone with the Wind, The Godfather, uh, that came out the same year, Love Story, uh, Airport, and the sound of music at the time; those were the uh, uh, winning, uh, most most money making movies. Uh, the the the, the Poseidon Adventure was one of those movies that may have been the first time that people went back to the theater to see it again and again, which is kind of a thing that really didn't start happening until Jaws and Star Wars. Hmm. Uh, but it, it was it, it did happen. Uh, that's one of the reasons Poseidon Adventure broke some records there. Um, also, uh, in '74, it made its network premiere on television on ABC, where it earned a Nielsen rating of 39.0 and an audience share of 62%, making it the sixth highest-rated film to ever air on network television. So wow. this, this was a, well, a blockbuster. Wow. And we can thank the director, The uh, not, I'm sorry, not the director, but uh, the producer, the, ama- the amazing Erwin Allen, who we will talk about later. 
Okay, well, so before we get too carried away with the trivia, Toppy, we are uh, very lucky to have a few folks joining us here tonight. Can you peek over the balcony, sir, and tell me who we have in the chat room tonight? Oh, my goodness. Let me take a look there. Oh, wow. Uh, we've got Aunt Tudor uh, joining us uh, again. She's a returning uh, a guest here in the uh, theatre. Uh, we've also got Spanky, who's still with us. He might have to go in a bit. We have our pal Tommy with us tonight, as he's always here. Uh, a persistent returner. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and also, whoa, what happened to her? Oh, there she is, Vivian Lee. Oh. Now she, Vivian Lee does a podcast called Not Quite a Cat Lady. Wow. And I'm very happy that she's here. And uh, there's a little symbol by her name, uh, and, and it's different from everyone else's. I don't know what that means. I think that means that she's joining us from her cell phone. Well, vividly, aren't you clever? All right. So she may not be able to participate in the chat room, but she is listening. Excellent. Well, uh, let's... that is a who we've got here uh, this this week. All right. Well, everyone gets a round of applause for participation. Okay. So moving forward, the beside me. Oh, wait a minute. Mm-hmm. I'm sorry. I take that back. Vivian Lee can participate in the, in the uh, chat room. Okay. There she is. So the Poseidon Adventure it has since the 70s become a cult film, uh, particularly among gay audiences. And it is in the vein of all the other all-star disaster films of the 1970s, such as Airport and later was Earthquake in 74, the same year in 74, The Towering Inferno, and it's listed in the Golden Raspberry Award, the founder John Wilson's book, which is called The Official Razzie Movie Guide, as one of the 100 most enjoyably bad movies ever made. All right, I don't agree with that. <laughs> this, this is far beyond... A, it's so bad, it's good movie. In my opinion, yeah, this, I, this is better than it's so bad, it's good. I I would say that since we're covering it here on Matinee Minutia, that it is at least a um a raspberry that's coated in dark chocolate. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> Finally, just a, the last testament as to the uh, pop culture impact of this movie. Mad Magazine <laughs> did an edition that satirized the movie, and they called it the Poopside Down Adventure. And to this day, it is the best-selling issue of Mad Magazine in its history. Oh, so God. there you go. You can't beat that. <laughs> All right. So on with the story now. This Poseidon adventure is about an aged luxury li- 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 yeah, luxury liner. It's on her final voyage from New York City to Athens before being sent to the scrapyard. And on New Year's Eve, she's overturned by a rogue wave. Passengers and crew are trapped inside, and a rebellious preacher attempts to lead a small group of survivors to safety. Now, uh, an aside on this, the author of the book that this is based upon wrote the story 
based upon a journey that he took on the Atlantic. And there is a, a mishap at sea. Now, it wasn't quite as disastrous as the one in the tale of the Poseidon, but uh, we'll, right. we'll go into those details in a bit here. All right. Um, that's excellent. Uh, DJ, play uh, our trailer clip. This is the first trailer anyone would have heard in the theaters at the time telling people that this movie, this would have been their very first look at it. What is it, look at? I never saw anything like it. An enormous wall of water coming towards us. In the early morning hours of New Year's Eve, Gene Hackman, Ernest Borgnine, Red Buttons, Carol Lindley, Roddy McDowell, Stella Stevens, Shelley Winters, Jack Albertson, Pamela Sue Martin, Arthur O'Connell, Eric Shea and Leslie Nielsen were aboard the SS Poseidon when it was hit by a 90-foot tidal wave. Oh, my God. And capsized. The Poseidon Adventure. The most exciting escape adventure of our time. Follow me. It took the lives of the 1,400 people on board and changed the lives of the few who would survive. Climbing to another deck will kill you all. And sitting on our butts is not going to save us either. Don't look down. Now is there's a chance for me to do something that I know how to do. Please, but you've got to let me do it. You're going the wrong way, damn it! Who do you think you are, God himself? That's the way out. Fine talents of 15 Academy Award winners bring you Irwin Allen's production of The Poseidon Adventure, a Ronald Neen film coming from 20th Century Fox. There you go. There's a lot of screaming in that movie. Uh, the the lady actresses have uh, the majority of it, but when Riley McDonald dies, he, he gets a good scream in there. Yeah, and that's fairly early on, too. I mean, I... When we agreed to do this film, uh, of course, it should come as no surprise that I didn't catch this when it was new, but it had been a few years since I was old enough to appreciate it, and I saw Roddy McDowell was on the cast, and I'm watching it, and I'm like, aw, he's not in the rest of the movie? <laughs> yeah. You know, Roddy McDowell was kind of glad, frankly, to check out early, because we'll get into it later, but this was a grueling movie in real life for the actors to do. And Roddy McDowell said later on, I was really happy to die early. <laughs> <laughs> well, he, uh, he had, he had uh, more time to get off the, uh, the parking lot. <laughs> yeah. Oh my God. So Toppy, who do we have in the cast of this film? Who's our leading man? All right. Well, let's check out Gene Hackman. Uh, look, a busy actor. He cut his teeth really early, such as Bonnie and Clyde with Warren Beatty in 67. Uh, he was in prime cut with Sissy Spacek in 72. Um, but he became like a really busy guy, a really busy guy. He won an Oscar. Um, Somehow the timing of it was that either it was when Poseidon was being made or after it had just been made, uh, his uh, uh, 
really big movie. Oh my God, TJ, I'm blanking on the name. <laughs> Popeye Doyle or Popeye. Da, 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 da. Da, 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 da. Someone oh help my. him. <laughs> Don't you know? Oh my God. Where he, he does the, that amazing car chase. Well, anyways, he won the friggin' Academy Award for Best Actor. And uh, it was, I think it was right when Poseidon was debuting that he got the award. Anyways, well, okay, what else did Hackman do? Well, Jesus, only about a million other roles. Uh, I equate uh, Hackman with um, um, Jesus. Okay, I'm getting tooled for this, folks. Uh, the the other actor who was so busy and was in the sequel to the Poseidon Adventure, DJ, please. And uh, you know, I, I I was going to say I thought we were keeping Gertie out past her bedtime. Uh, <laughs> Michael Caine. Thank you. Gene Hackman and Michael Caine were contemporaries. They both have this acting style that is like, I don't see any acting here. They're just naturals. And they also both did like a gazillion movies. And they weren't shy about being in total bombs as long as their paycheck was long enough. They didn't care. They wanted to work. And as long as they got a paycheck, let's just say they weren't exactly super choosy. Because, look... Uh, uh, Gene Hackman agreed to be Superman 4, The Quest for Peace, okay? <laughs> I'm just saying. Anyways, he was a busy actor. He was like in 11 films in the five years following Poseidon. Did you know, and I, 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 I'm not surprised you turned this down, but DJ, he was the original choice to play the father role in the Brady Bunch on TV. Oh, that's wacky. Also, he was also uh, uh, try. They tried to get him to be Hannibal Lecter in *The Silence of the Lambs*. Uh, he turned that down. Uh, he also famously turned down the role of McMurphy in *One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest*. One flew, uh, which I mean, he must regret that. Uh, of course, that is the role that Jack Nicholson uh, won an award for. Um, and he's retired now, apparently, right? DJ Dean Hackman is officially retired. Yeah, he retired from acting in 2008. Now, we've just uh, entered a new year, as you heard at the beginning there. It's 2020 now. So this happened a decade, more than a decade ago. But also, I, it was interesting to read that Gene Hackman was once roommates with Dustin Hoffman. And uh, uh, they actually threw each other some work during the 80s where one would turn down a role and the other one ended up getting it. Oh, by the way, Ann Tudor in the chat room, the, it, the movie he won an Oscar and made a big splash, Gene Hackman, was The French Connection. Uh-huh. Thank you. <laughs> uh. Uh, so another member of our cast is uh, his character is a former police officer. And of course, he has finally scored himself the woman of his dreams, a former lady of the night that he has 
gotten to cross the threshold. And Ernest Borgnine was a former U.S. Navy sailor. He's most in, well in real life. Yes, and uh, actually, there was a few former military in this movie. Gene Hackman was a Marine. And uh, Mr. Borgnine was in the Navy, and he was most well-known for his role on McHale's Navy, which ran from 62 to 66, so just shy of a decade before uh, Beside Adventure. Yeah, it was a sitcom on TV. Mm -hmm. He starred in four films in the year prior to Beside Adventure, and the role just before tonight's film was in The Revengers with William Holden. And overall, he had eight film roles in the next five years. Right. So, uh, Erwin Allen, who I promise we will uh, talk about, uh, was bucking the trend at the time this movie was made. Because going back that far, the trend at studios was they saw that young actors were hot. We're talking Easy Rider. Okay, and a lot of other films that seemed new and like unknowns were in them and they were making a ton of money. And Erwin Allen was encouraged to go this way, cast unknowns, cast unknowns. And he said, no, no, I want a blockbuster. I want Academy Award winners. There are a lot of people who won Academy Awards in this movie and um Ernest Borgnine was one of them. He starred in the movie Marty, and he won the Academy Award for that. And that was a good jeepers. I mean, it was quite a while before Poseidon. At any rate, uh, Ernest Borgnine went on to do a million things. He is most well-known for that TV series, um, but uh, Mikhail's Navy, but he's done so much more, and he appeared in a lot of other television shows. In fact, he did that movie, The Helicopter Guy, and uh, it was a super helicopter, and Jan Michael Vincent was in it. Anyways, <laughs> boy, I'm really good tonight, folks. All right, uh, let's go on to Red Buttons. Now, he was also an Academy Award winner. Um, believe it or not, listen, Red Buttons, who was this guy? Why is he called Red Buttons? As far as I know, folks, that's his real name. Uh, he worked uh, at beginning, he was a vaudeville guy. He was in the Catskills. He was Jewish. He did comedy. And his career sort of built and built. And, and he eventually was on TV. It was called the uh, the Red Buttons Show. Wow, that was a, you know. A real uh, uh, creative title. That was in 1953. Mm -hmm. We're going back a ways, folks. Uh, but uh, uh, he won an Emmy for that show, believe it or not, for Best Comedian. Uh, he, that's what he was. He was a comic. He was a comic performer. He did vaudeville stuff. He did a lot of stuff. He, he was one of those guys that could do everything. That's the way vaudeville was. He did everything. So uh, eventually he did a move. He got into movies um, and he played against type a, in a serious role. And it was a movie uh, called Sayonara. And Marlon Brando was the star. But Red Buttons played a character named Joe Kelly. 
and he was an American airman, and, and this all happened in, in, in uh, Japan uh, during the Korean War. And he did this very sensitive performance with a Japanese actress, and I'm not going to get this name right, Miyoshi Yumek. Um, uh, and it was very moving, and he won a damn Academy Award for Best Supporting Actor for it. And his co-star, Miyoshi Yumeki, mm-hmm. uh, won the Academy Award for Best Supporting Actress. So there you go, folks. Then he was in a ton of movies. Satari with John Wayne, Five Weeks in a Balloon, uh, The Longest Day. Uh, people will remember him in that very intense movie with Jane Fonda. They shoot, shoot horses, don't they? She was, uh, Bread Buttons was in Pete's Dragon. Well, for heaven's sakes. And uh, he was he's one of the few people, we're going to get into this, but he is one of the few actors that was in the Poseidon adventure that didn't decide, you know what, I'm never doing a movie again. <laughs> Poseidon adventure was too much, too much. I ain't doing a movie again. Uh, Bread Buttons even went as far as to appear at another Irwin Allen disaster movie called When Time Ran Out with Paul Newman. And you want to talk about a turkey cheesy movie that you got to see it so bad it's good? When Time Ran Out. There you go. Anyways, (laughs) so there you go. That's Red Buttons. I love him to death. DJ, there's another actor I love that's in this movie. Who's that? Oh, goodness. Mr. Roddy McDowell. And uh, he is a favorite of mine as well. In fact, um, my favorite movie with him, well, one of my favorite movies with him is in a film you saw at our house here on the big screen, and it was with Goldie Hawn. It was Overboard, and it was just so great. He was on the the yacht, and uh, he says to her, Madam, I've finished. Shall I put your jewelry back on? <laughs> but Roddy McDowell was born Roderick Andrew Anthony Jude McDowell. Oh, say that five times fast. And uh, he's an English American actor, voice artist, or I should say was. He, he passed away in 98. And uh, he's a voice artist, a film director, and a photographer. Now he's best known for portraying Cornelius and Caesar in the original Planet of the Apes film series. And uh, said series is yes, ah! <laughs> there was at least three. Was there four original films? Five, five, okay, as well as Galen in the spin off TV series. Which... Oh my god, I love that. That's I'm sorry, folks, I'm just telling you right now, <laughs> down the road. Uh, that freaking spinoff TV series, Planet of the Apes, is going to be on uh, Matinee Minutia. <laughs> was that one season or two? Oh, God. It was barely one season. Oh. He began his acting career as a child in England and in, in the U.S. in How Green Was My Valley in 41. And uh, folks, mm-hmm. talk about classic movies. 1941, How Green Was My Valley. With Maureen O'Hara. If you haven't seen it, my God, please watch it. As well as my friend Flicka in 43 and same year, Lassie Come Home. He was a really charming 
child actor. And as an adult, McDowell appeared most frequently as a character actor on radio, stage, film, and television for portraying Augustus in the historic drama Cleopatra in 63. He was nominated for a Golden Globe Award for that. And his other titles include The Longest Day in 62. There, there's a long list here, folks. Uh, some of my... We don't have to go on, but please... He was in the Disney movie, That Darn Cat. So there. And I have to give honorable mention to this one because I've seen it. In 65, there was a movie with Natalie Wood, and she was driven mad. It was called Inside Daisy Clover. (gasps) And, of course, another personal favorite that Toppy saw here at Chateau Star Sage recently. Bed knobs and broomsticks. Now, do you remember what Roddy McDowell played in that? He was, he had a very minor role, and I, I was sad about that. I, I wanted him to be in it more, but he, he, he was an outsider. He wasn't involved in all the, the bed knob and broomstick stuff. <laughs> you're you're going to have to remind me. He was a man of the cloth. Oh, okay. He was comic relief. Yes, he, he showed up to the scene to check in on the children that... Um, Angela Lansbury's character had adopted, and of course, there was all sorts of witchcraft going on in the house. Yeah, Aunt Tudor says, love him. I I think Aunt Tudor's referring to Roddy McDowell, but, but you know, there's a bit of a delay in the chat room, so I may mm. have... We're not sure. DJ, please continue. Uh, uh, there's a few more recent movies that are very cult favorites, that Roddy McDowell was in that are that are much more recent. Uh, what are those? Okay, well, he was in The Black Hole. It's a forgotten asset of the Disney folks. It was made in 79. And then... Right, and he did the voice of one of the robots, so you won't see him in the movie, but he does do a voice in The Black Hole. And, of course, Overboard, which I mentioned, that was in 87, the same year as Mannequin, and Fright Night Part 2 in 88, Shockma and 90, and then lastly, it's an animated film, so he did a voice in this, A Bug's Life, 98. Yeah, uh, again, uh, doing voice acting. Uh, for me, uh, he, he was absolutely wonderful in 1985's Fright Night, and Fright Night Part 2 was uh, an okay sequel, but he was great in Fright Night, and a lot of more... You know, a lot of younger audience will know him from Fright Night for certain. Um, as a photographer, I just want to mention that his whole life, he was into documenting his life in the films through photos. And and he's quite celebrated for his collection of photographs of behind-the-scenes scenes in Hollywood and of other movie stars and by all by everything i've ever heard anyone say roddy mcdowell was a very nice man and gay (laughs) (laughs) now toppy before we move on to the lounge singer should we revel the folks with a tune well, that is a very good idea because uh, the next uh, person we're going to talk about in the cast is Carol Lindley, who I guess lip syncs the song. 
She's not singing it, is she? I don't think so. But uh, this no, is this is uh, the part of the show where it's roughly halfway through. And, uh, you know, if you're listening to us live, you can, of course, uh, refresh your beverage and maybe uh, take a little visit to the Half Moon House. Uh, that's what I'm going to do. <laughs> I'm sorry. I shouldn't have said Anyways, this song... Uh, was sung in the movie by, well, it appeared to be sung by Carol Lindley, the actress, but well, God, oh, don't we have any notes on who really sang it? Maureen McGovern was the, uh, the artist. There you go. Did. So we will set you off on a short sail here and be back in normally three minutes, but just about two or so. There's got to be a morning after if we can hold on through the night We have a chance to find the sunshine Let's keep on looking for the light Oh, can't you see the morning after? Oh, gee, and we are back. So that was uh, Marine McGovern singing in the movie. I don't know this for a fact. I don't think that that's Carolyn Lee, the actress singing it, but I don't know that it could have been um, maybe someone else in the chat room knows, but that song was a hit on the radio and a, and a, a mega hit for Marine McGovern. And you know, that was almost breaking the fourth wall when that performance was made. Cause I, having seen the movie, I understand, you know, that that was basically the band warming up and rehearsing for the festivities later that night. But, right. you know, I, I'm surprised that they didn't take the opportunity, uh, you know, to be more tongue in cheek. Cause I've seen plenty of films where they will do a tie in with the, the lyrics if there's a song involved. And I was waiting for, a moment where like red buttons was going to talk to the lounge singer and say well you know that it's like that song you sing there's there's got to be a morning after <laughs> yeah to be honest uh, you know as much as that song is associated with and it was intended to be associated with Poseidon adventure in the movie you only hear a part of it there's no point in the movie where you hear the whole song anyways <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I'm going to talk about Shelley Winters now. Uh, who doesn't love Shelley Winters in this movie? My God, she dives into the water. She says, Manny, Manny, over and over again. I mean, it's amazing. Uh, anyway, she she began acting in the mid to late 40s, believe it or not. Her most notable film prior to Poseidon was Whatever Happened to Helen. That was in this weird time that there was a lot of whatever happened to blah, blah movies. <laughs> uh, she starred in 15 film roles in the next five years after uh, 71's Whatever Happened to Helly, Helen. And one of them was <laughs> Helly. I love it. He <laughs> says, Manny. Um, and um, by the way, Debbie Reynolds was in Whatever Happened to Helen. Oh, yes. She is the she is royalty, Toppy. She is <laughs> the mama of everybody's favorite space princess. Rest her in peace. Carrie Fisher's mom, Debbie Reynolds. 
Yeah, and sadly, isn't that strange the way she passed away just days after? Yeah, they say it was a broken heart. Yeah, there's... By the way, what is the damn movie that's pretty much about the life of Carrie Fisher and Debbie Reynolds? Oh, the hub Postcards I, from the Edge. Yes, Hubby and I were just talking about that. I have not seen it yet, but I know oh. it's Meryl Streep. Oh, really good movie. Meryl Streep and uh, Shirley MacLaine. Shirley MacLaine plays Debbie Reynolds. And Dennis Quaid. Yeah, well, he has a minor role. Yeah. I wouldn't I wouldn't worry about him. <laughs> Shirley MacLaine kills it. Uh, anyways, my God, there's so much to talk about and we keep. Anyways, uh, uh, another Academy Award winner, Shelley Winters, she won it for The Diary of Anne Frank. Um, and... and DJ, please read this quote uh, because it's very funny. Shelley Winters was a character. I wish I could have met her just from some of these quotes. Now, there's actually a couple of them. Maybe I should just read the best one. Um, So the best one is, uh, after three times, I realized marriage is not for me. Not for me. I love to get married, you know, but I don't like to be married. You go away on a honeymoon. You have a great time. You come home. They want to come into the house. Manny. <laughs> yes. Uh, they're, they're talking about Debbie Boone uh, in the chat room. How did we vividly somehow... Uh, got to uh, uh, Debbie Boone from Maureen McGovern. I, I think that Vivian has um, elected herself cruise director. <laughs> well, there you go. Uh, and, um, yeah, yeah. And, 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 and two degrees. It was a big hit on the radio. All right, Carol Lindley. Uh, DJ, just you know, get into her for a minute. Okay. Uh, she was in the cast. Yeah, so Carol Lindley, she played the lounge singer. She was born Carol Ann Jones in 42. She was an American actress and a child model. And uh, she's known for her roles in The Poseidon Adventure, also in something called Blue Denim. And that was in and in '55. She made her first stage appearance in Moss Hart's Broadway hit called Anniversary Waltz. Now, at the age of 15, because she was a child model, she played the role of Dame Sybil Thorndike's granddaughter in the Broadway play The Potting Shed. Lindley was born. Oh, very memorable. We've all heard of the pot. Uh, maybe it was. I don't know. I've just never heard of it. That sounds like where you go to get disciplined. Um, <laughs> and uh, she was born in Manhattan to an Irish father and a New England mother. She Let's see. Now, um, she made the cover of Life magazine in 57. And she started yeah, her part, acting part career. Yeah, she started her acting career in 58 with the Disney film called The Light in the Forest and followed it up with a film in 59 called Holiday for Lovers. Mm. And she was nominated for a Golden Globe Award that year in 59. And it was for Most Promising Newcomer Female for The Light in the Forest. Now, she won... Theater World Award, and it was one of the most promising personalities of 56 and 57 for her performance in the film Blue Denim. And then in 1960, she was again nominated for Golden Globe for Most Promising Newcomer for Blue Denim. I'd like to see that now because, um, you know, 
I mean, she apparently made quite a splash. I want to say that, and we'll get into again. We'll we'll talk about this more. Uh, this was Carol Lindley's f- final movie, The Poseidon Adventure. Hers too. <laughs> oh gosh, they sh- they sank the ship and the cast. I'm just saying that I don't know if she's ever been quoted or you know she ever really said it. I this is me saying. I think this movie made her say, I don't think I need to do movies again. <laughs> That's how arduous this movie was for the actors. I'm going to talk about Stella Stevens now. She's got a good role in this Poseidon adventure. She's wisecracking. She's got some great lines. Uh, let's follow her career. Uh, she is an American film, television, stage actress. She began her acting career in 59. And she was in things, uh, I'm sorry, films like Girls, Girls, Girls in 62. Girls! Oh. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> we know this one, another Disney movie, what a naughty professor in 63. I've never seen this movie, but I want to because I loved the TV series version. She was in the movie version of The Courtship of Eddie's father hmm. in 1963 she was in the silencers in 66 where angels go and trouble follows i love that movie which one where angels go trouble follows you know it oh i'm toppy we've mentioned before that my dad has a had a an affinity for films featuring nuns because his aunt was one and oh. uh, where angels go trouble follows as well as the trouble with angels are two favorites. No kidding. Yeah. Interesting. Very good. That was in 68. Uh, she was in the ballad of cable Hogue in 70. And finally in uh, 1972, she did the Poseidon adventure and then she never did another movie. <laughs> 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 Uh, this is the most interesting fact that I found about Stella Stevens. She was a member of a five-voice vocal ensemble called the Skipjacks. And that group is best known for performing the theme songs for the television programs, the Flintstones, and the Patty Duke Show. Oh, how about that? <laughs> Man, uh, she also was on stage, and she did a lot of things. She was in a version of Neil Simon's The Odd Couple when they did it with women. Uh, she, she's been around. Uh, she also did a hell of a lot of TV. Uh, the Love Boat, Bonanza, Murder, She Wrote, Magnum P.I., you name it. She, she's probably been one of the guest stars. And, uh, well, she appeared in three Playboy pictorials. DJ, you might want to check them out. <laughs> oh, Lordy. The sad note, well, okay, it's bittersweet. She started a long-term relationship with some rock guitarist music guy called Bob Kulik, and that, that was a long time ago uh, in, in 1983. Uh, they lived together. They were never married. But I think it's very sweet that, uh, unfortunately, Stella Stevens currently, as far as I know, 
is in a long-term Alzheimer's care facility in L.A. And her longtime boyfriend, partner, companion still to this day visits her there. And I just think that's sweet. Hmm. So we have a handful more of the cast and then we'll get on to the creative <laughs> team. So we have a uh, Jack Albertson and uh, uh, do we know who Al- uh, Jack Albertson played Toppy? Okay. So she, he was Manny. Okay. He played uh, Shelley Winter's husband. Oh, so this guy was also the grandfather in Willy Wonka with with um, Gene Wilder. Yes, famously, yes. Okay, so he was an American actor, comedian, dancer, and singer who performed in vaudeville. Oh, hey, you know. The, oh, the heyday of the marionette. And, yes. Yeah, and Albertson was known for his role as John Cleary in The Subject Was Roses in 68, and he received an Academy Award for Best Supporting Actor for that. And uh, he was also Grandpa Joe in Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory in 71, just the year before Poseidon. And, of course, uh, in 72, the film from Tonight. He's also Ed Brown in the television sitcom Chico and the Man. That was from 74 to 78. And for his contributions to the television industry, Albertson was honored with a star in the Hollywood Walk of Fame in 77 on Hollywood Boulevard. There you go. Uh, A wonderful actor. Uh, And so many good movies. And uh, he, he, you know, he's very, uh, you're rooting for him in the Poseidon Adventure. He's such a poor manny. Anyways, let's talk about Pamela Sue Martin, the young girl in Poseidon Adventure. We don't. We don't have a lot to say about her. Let's just get into it. She's best known for her portrayal of teenage detective Nancy Drew on the television series The Hardy Boys, Nancy Drew Mysteries. <laughs> that was kind of a big deal. I have to say in the 70s, I remember that this came on Sunday nights pretty early and it was quite ballyhooed. Uh, Sean Cassidy was in the uh, Hardy Boys uh, with uh, Parker, 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 Parker. What the hell was his name? Parker Stevenson. And uh, uh, they would alternate every week. It would be the Hardy Boys one week and then Nancy Drew the next week. And then, well, Hardy Boys were getting some pretty good ratings because the two guys were hot. Can I just say? <laughs> and <laughs> in a very 70s blow-dried hair way. Uh, and the, uh, the Nancy Drew part uh, kind of wasn't doing so. So the, the producer said, let's just forget about the Nancy Drew mysteries. Let, put Nancy Drew in there with the Hardy Boys. And uh, Pamela Sue Martin was really hated that. And she soon left the series. And uh, it might, she might as well have because the Hardy Boys Nancy Drew mysteries really didn't last a long time. It was a bit of a fad. Uh, then the next time we see her is uh, Fallon Carrington uh, Colby on uh, the famous ABC Nighttime Soaps Dynasty. Mm. Now, 
I am going to mention this very briefly because this is a mystery for me about Pamela Sue Martin. This is my memory of hearing something that happened to her, I, I guess, after Dynasty, because you pretty much never saw her again. Uh, this is the story that I heard, and I really want to know from listeners, maybe in the chat room, if you ever remember hearing anything about this. But I remember Pamela Sue Martin returning to, to TV on talk shows after a long absence. And she had a bizarre story about how she became a zombie slave. <laughs> Okay, <laughs> this is what I remember. Maybe I'm crazy. Maybe it never happened. But I swear to God, I remember this. Pamela Sue Martin herself telling the story of what happened to her. And she became a zombie. She was given a drug and she became a zombie. Anyways, I, maybe it was just a dream. DJ, let's move on to the director. Yeah, that sounds like an episode of a Mari Povich show. Yeah. Anyways, I, I, just, I, I would really like confirmation just for myself because I swear to God, one of the main things I remember about Pamela Sue Barton is this story about becoming – for a time, a zombie slave. Maybe, Let's get on to the director. Maybe we could ask Shelley Duvall if she's seen her at the meetings. Oh. Um, <laughs> okay, oh. so uh, um, if you are not uh, familiar with the Poseidon Adventure, you might just assume that Irwin Allen directed this. No, no, his name is on the film, but he was the producer. He held the purse strings for this production. Now, the man behind the camera, the director was Ronald Neem, N-E-A-M-E. And the film that he made before Poseidon came out in 1970, it was a version of Scrooge, Christmas Carol. Now, this version starred Albert Finney and Edith Evans, so I really want to see it. I love Albert Finney. It's it, good. It's good. Yeah, and then uh, just after the Poseidon Adventure, Ronald Neem did a film called The Odessa File in 74, and it had John Voight and Maximilian Schell. And, of course, it was the— I got it. This is important to me, DJ. Mm -hmm. Ann Tudor in the chat room says, ha, ha, ha. Actually, this—and I think he's referring to Pamela Sumar. It is a little familiar to me. That's what he says. <laughs> I would not be crazy. <laughs> and, uh, yes, the director, Ronald Neem, he was chosen by Irwin Allen because he had a knack, a proven track record of directing good character stuff. Um, and Irwin Allen wanted that. And by the way, uh, the, that was mainly Ronald Neem's function. Um, and, uh, uh, oh, uh, uh, sorry, I got to interrupt again. Vivian Lee says <laughs> nothing in Google about that. Vivian, I tried to find something about um, uh, this on Google with Pamela Sue Martin. And I was not able. I, it's almost like Pamela Sue Martin just, just wiped it out somehow. Anyway, sorry. Uh, 
so about Poseidon Adventure, folks, <laughs> this is why we're going long tonight. Uh, Ronald Neen directed, uh, on the whole, the movie, the action sequences, whenever you see stunts happening, whenever you see fire, whenever you see danger, Erwin Allen stepped in for those to personally direct uh, the action sequences in the Poseidon Adventure. Uh, but the rest of it, uh, director Ronald Neem was in. DJ, mm -hmm. we got to talk about Erwin Allen. I know. So here is the biggest page to turn to tonight. And this will be a few minutes here. So folks, grab your popcorn if you aren't uh, prepared to hunker down and hear about Mr. Irwin Allen, the legend who made so many of the beloved disaster films. Yes. I just want to mention in the chat room, Aunt Tudor mentioned Sheila Matthews, who was in The Poseidon Adventure. And Sheila Matthews is Irwin Allen's wife. And she was an actress. I remember her most vividly on that on a television show called The Waltons in the 70s. She played a telephone operator. And I only realized that when I recently saw the Poseidon adventure and said, my God, who is that? I know that face. I know that voice. And then I remembered it's the telephone operator from the Waltons. Anyways, uh, Erwin Allen and Sheila Matthews were married for many years. And, and after Erwin Allen died, Sheila Matthews looked after the Erwin Allen estate and made all of the decisions about who could do what and who could show what and who owned what. And she guided the Irwin Allen estate herself. And she's, uh, you know, amazing. And yes, Aunt Tudor, she is a nurse in Poseidon Adventure. Uh, it's a minor role. All right. Irwin Allen, 1916 born. He lived until 1991. He's an American film, TV producer, director. He really loved fantasy. He loved science fiction. And then in the 70s, he became the master of disaster because uh, he worked a lot in this genre that became known as disaster movies. Now, in the if you if you remember the theatrical promo for the movie, they didn't call it a disaster movie. They called it an, uh, an escape adventure. That's because disaster movie, that term hadn't been invented yet. <laughs> uh, that came just a few years later, but it, it originally was called an escape adventure. All right. That was his most successful venture in theater, uh, in movies, The Poseidon Venture, followed shortly two years later by The Towering Inferno. <laughs> Let's go back to before all of that. Um, a long time ago, he did stuff for various studios. He was basically a, in a producer role. He was always putting packages together of, like, you know, for this studio, that studio. That, here's a director. Here's a couple actors. Here's a script. 
this is a package, buy it for me. And that's kind of how he made his living. Uh, but he did get into directing with some uh, um, movies that were early on for him. One was The Lost World. One was Five Weeks in a Balloon. One was Voyage to the Bottom of the Sea, which was a movie. And then Erwin Allen got into TV, and he took that voyage to the bottom of the sea, made it a TV series, and it was followed quickly by these wonderful, weird TV shows, Lost in Space, Land of the Giants, and Time Tunnel. Most of them were pretty (laughs) (laughs) short-lived. But uh, he... Love that kind of stuff. And lo and behold, he said, eh, TV, I'm going back into motion pictures. What is the project he picked up? It was the Poseidon Adventure. It took him four years to put this movie together. He dedicated four years of his life to put this together. And his reputation, the rest of his career was dependent on how well the Poseidon Venture performed in the box office, or even if it could be made. This movie was called Irwin Allen's Folly. Nobody thought he could do it. They laughed at him. The very studio, 20th Century Fox, pulled the plug on the movie at the last second because 20th Century Fox kind of was in bad shape at that time. And they just said, eee, we're not doing your movie, Erwin. This was after he built sets. This was after he cast it. This is after the script was written. And famously, he walked, he, he took that news very badly. But then the next day, or maybe later, he went back into this 20th Century Fox studio and said, you got to do this movie. Here's why. And he somehow convinced 20th Century Fox to still do it. Everything for this guy's future hung in the balance of this movie. Well, it did great in the box office. As we know, His he was suddenly a powerful Hollywood producer. This guy was larger than life. He had this uh, the, the personality it was explosive. He was, I mean, he got into the stuff and he was very much about holding the budget down. And by God, he brought Poseidon in under budget, um, which is pretty amazing. If you look at the production of this movie, I'm finishing up here now, DJ and everyone. <laughs> uh, um, this guy was such, I mean, he, he, his name itself became associated with disaster movies. The Towering Inferno in 74 capped it off. Later on, he went back to TV and he did a lot of stuff. He was really, you know, he's kind of getting old. And he slowed down and his heyday was really that disaster era um and uh, there you go. That's Irwin Allen. 
Okay, and uh, are we discussing his uh, first film, or? Well, I think we um, should probably move on. There, there, look, folks, there, there is tons to know about Erwin Allen. He's a complicated, interesting guy. Um, if you want to look him up, there's just... I've scratched the surface. That's all I'm saying. Okay, shall we move on to some of the trivia of the uh, the moment, sir? We should. Okay, so let me do this here, folks. Uh, let me wake you up. All right, so it was recently New Year's Eve. Okay, so that was Old Lang Syne, and Old Lang Syne was a song that was originally a Scottish poem. Now, it was first documented by Robert Burns, who submitted a copy to the Scots Musical Museum in the, the 1770s. Most the uh, most popular modern day poem perform or sorry, the most popular modern day performance was by Guy Lombardo. He was a Canadian Canadian leader, <laughs> and his career launched going into the 30s. His band was the Royal Canadians. They were first heard in 1928 on NBC Radio. And this next thing you you. Scoured up, DJ. I've, I've wondered. I think I've wondered my entire life. What the hell does "old lang syne" mean? Okay, well, "old lang syne" roughly translates as "for old times' sake," and the song. Yeah. yeah, the song's all about preserving old friendships and looking back over the events of the year. It's sung all over the world, and it evokes a sense of belonging and fellowship tinged with nostalgia. And uh-huh. it's been a long and much-loved Scottish tradition to sing the song just before midnight. Now, everyone stands in a circle holding hands. And at the beginning of the final verse, which is, And there's a hand, my trusty friend, they cross their arms across their bodies so that their left hand is holding the hand of the person to the right. And their right, right hand... Actually, DJ, in, in the Poseidon Adventure, mm-hmm. when they are singing that song, there is the classic shot of Shelley Winters crossing her hands... And she's got her husband, Manny, and I forget who else on the other side of her. But their hands are crossed when they're holding the other person's hand. Right. So, and uh, when the song ends, everyone rushes to the middle, still holding hands and a lot of times giggling. I wonder why they were giggling. <laughs> Perhaps because they were libations. Yes. Now, uh Toppy, there are different ways that people celebrate the beginning of the new year around the world. Let's talk about just a handful of them. Where, How do they celebrate it? Where Old Lang Syne came from in Scotland? Oh, well, uh, so the tradition there, the first person who crosses a threshold of a home in the new year should carry a gift for luck. And the Scots also uh, had a big bonfire ceremony where people paraded around and uh, swinging uh, giant coals on poles and making fireballs. They were really into fire. Anyways, (laughs) uh, but that's because this was all symbols of the sun and it was to purify the coming year. So let's get to Spain. What did Spain do? In Spain, it's customary to eat 12 grapes. 12, uh, that's probably one grape for every month of the year. 
And uh, it starts with one at the stroke of the clock at midnight and on uh, on New Year's Eve, of course. And each, right, grape, <laughs> each grape re- represents good luck for one month of the coming year. Oh, I'm sorry. There you go. This is weird in Colombia. South America. This is kind of sad. I don't know. They carry empty suitcases around the block. Why? Because... They hope to have travel-filled New Year. <laughs> that's true, and that's really a tradition. Whoa! <laughs> now in uh, in England or back in uh, Europe, there in the the North Atlantic, Denmark, they greet the New Year by throwing old plates and glasses against the doors of family and friends to banish bad spirits. And they also stand on chairs and jump off of them together at midnight to leap into January in hopes of good luck. That's a great way to break a hip. Uh, <laughs> Jesus. Uh, here's perhaps um, a, a very amusing time people in Denmark have on New Year's. Why they throw old plates and glasses against the doors of next, family and friends. Next country, Toppy. I I just did Denmark. You did? Yeah. Did I space out? You probably did. All right. Uh, Finland. Uh, Right on the doorstep to merry old Russia. Yeah. They predicted the coming year by casting molten tin, which is, you know, interesting to do, into a container of water. And then interpreting the shape the metal takes after hardening. Uh, that's like reading tea leaves, pretty much. Um, a heart, a ring means a wedding. Wow. A ship predicts travel. You know, that kind of thing. Um, and, you know, a pig. If you saw a pig, maybe that means there'll be plenty of food. That sort of thing. Oh. DJ, that's our traditions from around the world. Uh, my tradition is I go to bed. Around the world, in your tradition? Go to bed early. Don't go anywhere. Uh, Don't party. So there you go. (laughs) So we've come to the part of the program, and uh, we'll be done soon, folks. So thanks for hanging in there. And we like to call this our snack tray. Are you going to eat that? Um, so this is where we tell you something else you might like if you enjoy the Poseidon adventure. Now, I'll go ahead. And since we had that chapter on Irwin Allen, I'll take my turn. Uh, we've got uh, a recommendation for a disaster film. Because that's, of course, what the Poseidon adventure is. It's a disaster film. I'm going to recommend if you like Poseidon adventure there is a little film that Tom Hanks did in 2000, and it had Helen Hunt in it as his wife. It was called Castaway, and uh, he was a uh, you know a management figure for a shipping company, and he gets marooned on an island when his plane goes down. That was I'm, I'm going to object, DJ. Uh, with all respect, I do not consider Castaway a disaster movie. Hmm. It is a uh, story of adventure mm-hmm. and survival, but I would not call it a disaster movie, even though that wonderful sequence when the the, the, the FedEx plane crashes, I mean, that's very dramatic. 
<laughs> and it has maybe elements of a disaster, but it's really it's it's a story of survival with with the disaster element kind of being secondary. Okay, well I will I will accept that. And uh if you liked Poseidon Adventure, our leading man, Mr. Gene Hackman, well, I'm gonna recommend a movie from just a couple of years before Castaway. This was a film in 98, and it may have been one of Will Smith's first film roles after leaving television on Fresh Prince. This film also starred John Voight, and it's a film called Enemy of the State. So uh, Will Smith's character is on the run, and there's a little conspiracy theory in here. So Gene Hackman's character is sort of an informant who has strived to live off the grid because... He's a man who knows things. Very good. Uh, My suggestions are are all very much (laughs) beside adventure centric. So Erwin Allen couldn't resist, I guess, in 1979, quite a few years after the Poseidon adventure, did a sequel. (laughs) Folk, it's called... Beyond the Poseidon Adventure, Michael Caine stars along with Sally Field. Yes, I said Sally Field. (laughs) Ah, And it is cheesy. It is, I feel, I put that right in the, it's so bad, it's good. That's the Poseidon, Beyond the Poseidon Adventure in 79. I'm recommending it. It's fun. Also, this I did not know until I was researching the Poseidon Adventure in 2005. There was a made for TV movie for NBC. Did you know this? It's a three hour film. <laughs> it, yes, it premiered on NBC as a three hour thing. It starred Adam Baldwin, uh, Rutger Hauer, and Stephen Guttenberg. <laughs> I know nothing about this, folks. I certainly never saw it. I, I never knew I know about remotely about it, and I'm only aware that this is the most um, different of the remakes in that instead of crossing the Atlantic in this version, the Poseidon is crossing the South Pacific, going from Africa to Australia, and unlike the other renditions, the ship actually sinks, and there are terrorists involved. That's right. Uh, it's not a wave uh, that puts the ship under. It's it's a terrorist bomb. I want to see it. I'm gonna see it because <laughs> I'm curious about it. That that was in um, a 2000. Uh, no. When was it? 2005. 2005. The very following year in the theaters was a complete new remake of uh, the Poseidon Adventure. It was just called Poseidon, and uh, that starred Kurt Russell. I I, I watched a long time ago and thought, meh. But I watched it again just a few nights ago. And I feel better about it. it. It's actually a worthy remake. Naturally, we've got 
uh, computer-generated special effects. You get a whole new feel of the ship and the size of it, many more interiors. It's much more elaborate. Kurt Russell does the sacrifice that Gene Hackman does, and it's much more intense. But to be honest with you, none of the characters in this remake, Poseidon, just they're just not the characters that were in the original, which we all cared about. I don't know why, but I guess it was simpler. I don't know, but I cared about Shelley Winters and Bread Buttons and Carol Lindley and blah blah blah. Eh, in this remake, I don't know. I just didn't care that much. You know. I would give anything to turn the lights off and go home. <laughs> yes, we have reached the end. <laughs> okay, so we're going to... for staying with us. Yes, yeah, thanks for staying along for the hilarity. And uh, we're going to step on out here to the lobby where we go ahead and let you know what's coming around. Toppy, hand me that bag of coins. Here you go. All right. Okay. So next time on Matinee Minutia, it is going to be on Friday, January 17th. A mid to late 80s animated action cartoon. While on a ski vacation, test pilot Jack Bennett's family is exposed to an alien threat and can only be saved through the top-secret bionics project from which he's been a subject. Thereafter, his wife and children are sworn to use their newfound abilities to keep the technology out of the wrong hands. Next time, Bionic 6. I'm speechless. Go ahead and give our audience a round of applause for their time. Say good night, Gracie. Thanks, everybody, for sticking with us. And this is the end. And we really appreciate you coming by live. Good night, Gracie. Thank you for listening to Matinee Minutia. Our show streams live on the first and third Friday of the month. Go to univazpods.net, click the tower for audio, enter Discord for chat. You can find our show anywhere you listen to podcasts. Visit our webpage at matineeminutia.com. Tweet us on Twitter at matineeminutia. Find our group on Facebook. DF for a show or let us know how we're doing. Email us at matineeminutia at gmail.com. Chubb's Gone Wild with Matt and Tom. Speak up. The Smellcast by Tommy Smelly. Be heard. Tastes like burning with Tim and James. Unique voices in podcasting. The Shy Life Podcast with me, Paul the Shy Yeti. Univazpods.net.